Sustainable sobriety is here. You can create predictable and consistent results in your alcohol-free journey without abstaining from alcohol the entire time. I always say that taking your last sip of alcohol isn't necessarily always the first step for success. You want to eliminate your desire for alcohol, not just simply not drink. Keep the needle moving forward in your journey, in your transformation, no matter if you do drink or you don't drink. The trap of stopping and starting in moderation is really what always keeps you stuck, but you can embrace an opportunity to move forward without the burden of counting days, and it is all available to you in the Sustainable Sobriety course on my website. Follow the link. I will see you there and I will walk you through step by step. This is the most affordable and efficient way to get from where you are to where you want to go, where the desire to drink truly is a thing of the past. I will see you there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. Thank you for being here. So how did it go with looking at your expectations last week. Did you do that? Did you notice where (laughs) your thoughts of the way things should be were creating more pain for you, your thoughts, not the thing, than the thing itself? And if you tap back into your intention and your intuition and your values and your wisdom, like you take that step back, you have access to seeing that We all get to be who we want to be, right? It's so much of the time in relation to other people. And I mean, even after seven years of being a mother and not, like, I can see where I have expectations of my son, my seven-year-old son, where, you know, and, 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 and then when I dig deeper and I do this work, it's it's because of a lack of my own needs being met. And the reason this is so important when it comes to alcohol is because when you have expectations and you don't take a step back and understand what your intention is and what you actually need, that is the trigger to drink. And then everything outside of you is a problem. And so when you solve for those things, then the desire to drink becomes less. The need to drink becomes less. Your confidence goes up because it's not just the urge for alcohol. I had someone recently say to me, you know, not everyone wants to quit drinking. Some people just want to drink less. And that is true. That's what you think you want is, oh, I just wish I could just have one. 
But what you really want is to be able to meet your own needs. Because as long as alcohol is still at the center of importance in any area, and I touched on this last week, it is still, you will still have to manage your mind around it. I could probably say this on every single episode for every single show because I can't drive it home enough. And if that's okay with you, then we're having a different conversation. Like I'm totally okay with having two drinks, feeling the urge to have more and learning how to allow that urge to stop. There are people that teach on moderation. And you can go and listen to them too. Um, But if you learn to eliminate your desire for that first drink, then you don't ever have to allow an urge. And to me, like alcohol's had enough of my time. To illustrate this point, I wanted to read you an excerpt from Michael Singer's latest book, Living Untethered. He is the author of The Untethered Soul, which I've talked about in several episodes. I like this book. Well, he's obviously developed his concepts even more because it's more concise. And if you want a deeper dive into someone who has studied the witness consciousness for much longer than I have, and just it's, it's that is his work. I mean, he's brilliant. And um, so living untethered, this is the chapter, neither suppression nor expression. I won't read the whole thing, um, but just think about your relationship to alcohol and how you do you know to say forever just like freaks you out um i mean it's such a red flag too when you just take a step back and even just look out your window and how much of your mind is consumed by alcohol of course like that's not the way you want to live the rest of your life which is you know why you're here so he says the only data the mind currently has is based upon its past experiences so the mind thinks it's right and this actually will tie into our conversation about expectations and versus intentions because when you've thought an expectation over and over and over again or when it's been modeled to you and it's been reinforced um and like your mom told you, then of course it's going to be you think you're right. This is part of the predicament. Please understand that your mind will always think it's right. The mind is not dumb. It knows what it experienced, but it does not know what it didn't experience, which is an infinitely larger body of knowledge. I mean, listen, infinitely larger body of knowledge. This is why the wise sage Lao Tzu reflected that a wise man does not argue for what purpose. You have your mindset and another person has their mindset. All their lifelong data says one thing and your totally different lifelong data sees it differently. There's nothing you're going to do about that except be humble enough to realize that in any given moment, the data you are taking in is less than 0.00001% of what's going on everywhere. It's meaningless. It rounds to zero. In essence, you've had a whole bunch of zero breadth experience that adds up to zero. The personal mind is so caught up in itself, it will never want to look at that truth. Deep spiritual teachings embrace that truth. They ask you to look at the world in front of you and realize it took billions of years for that exact moment to manifest before you. Accept that honor that, surrender to that. This begins by first accepting reality, not resisting it. 
like accepting what is, right? Just that it is, it's, it's neutralizing it. It's not about doing or not doing anything. It's about surrendering your initial resistance to what is. You see what's there and then you let go of all the stuff that comes up due to your stored samskaras. Inevitably, your mind is going to start talking about likes and dislikes. Just don't listen to them. Why would you listen to that? It's just your personal blockages superimposed on reality. So there's reality. And then samskara is a Sanskrit term used in like yogic tradition, which is basically the grooves in our brain. It's the impressions or the imprints. And so there's reality, right? And like, it's getting even scarier out there because we're not kind of sure of what reality is, but there's like the thing that happened that your husband yelled at the kids and then there's your impression layered over that, right? But every person's perspective is going to see that differently. And obviously he sees that differently and the kids see it differently. And like, I just love thinking about the billions of years it took to create this moment, the billions of people on the planet and how stuck we are with this one little chemical, this one little beverage choice called alcohol and all of the other things that lead us there. And then all of our beliefs and our BS around like the story that we've created about quitting drinking and drinking and not drinking on all of those things. And that is the segue into the very first shift of the five shifts process, which is to move from avoidance to acceptance, right? Because intentionally or unintentionally, you are avoiding these samskaras. You are avoiding these imprints and we cannot get anywhere. You cannot create lasting change in your life until you become aware of where you are starting from. And that takes just honesty. It takes the willingness to be wrong, to be humbled, like he said, because our experiences are so little. They're so limiting. When I change my relationship to alcohol, I'm like, oh, you're, I just like, everyone's right. Everyone is right from their, their own experiences. Um, in the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, that is like one of the agreements is to never take anything personally because people's reactions and responses to you. And of course we're going to, someone yells at you, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna have a reaction, but it's like if someone doesn't have time for you, right? Like they're putting up, this just happened to me where I was like really needing a friend and I reached out to someone and that person's super busy and they're such a lover and I love this person so much, but like I was totally butthurt. I called Matthew and I'm like, I need friends who make me important. <laughs> like, listen to that, my ego, right? Instead of being like, this person's busy, like, let me call someone else, right? And just know, just trusting that they're in their own experience. But what do we do? We make we we suffer more for it. Okay. So the way that this shows up for you is is your desire. Your deep desire is you want alcohol to be unimportant. You don't want to make it a big deal anymore, right? You don't want to have to explain or talk about it. You want to feel confident walking down the wine aisle. You don't want to wake up with regret anymore. 
And the reason that it continues to actually, those things actually seem to be growing, like your thoughts about it are actually compounding and creating even more regret, even more shame, even more nervousness about talking about it, even less confidence is because you haven't yet neutralized it. And until you neutralize alcohol and start to shift into your awareness about your thinking, your awareness about the reactions, your all of your judgments and your interpretations, it is never going to change. You're going to be married to it. It's going to be personal. You are going to be in it as it's a hundred percent of existence instead of that it's that your th- that your thoughts about it and all of your brain is really just zero zero zero. <laughs> of everything that actually exists. You've tried avoiding it, right? You've tried to run past the wine aisle, not go to parties, schedule everything around it. But all the while, your brain is thinking about, oh my God, what about summer? Oh my God, what about spring break? Oh my God, what about that wedding, right? You're actually planning the future also of hypothetical scenarios that actually don't exist. How could I ever go to a concert and never drink again? And you have like, don't even have concert tickets, right? Um, And the reason that avoiding it doesn't work, whether it's conscious or unconscious, right? Whether you're you're avoiding your subconscious thinking because you don't act, you don't have the skill yet of learning how to look at your mind or when you've tried to quit drinking or you have just said fuck it enough and you're like this um it's not a problem like this is fine i'm just this is just the way that it is right i'm always just going to be a drinker i'm just going to always want it i would say that that's also that that piece of Accepting what you don't want is also avoiding the thoughts that just aren't true. Avoiding having a new conversation, a new perspective, a new dialogue. And the reason that this doesn't work is because it's the pink elephant in the room. So I say pink elephant. Can you think about anything less than a pink elephant? Purple dog, pink elephant, (laughs) blue turtle, right? Like that's all you can think about. What a blue a blue turtle. (laughs) So you are constantly thinking about it. It's not going anywhere. You don't buy, even if you think this is just the way it always, this is how it always is. Like that perspective doesn't stick. It doesn't last because of the impact that it's having on your life. It's had you giving up on your dreams. It's had you thinking that Everything that you wanted is over, right? And then after you've had kids or gotten married or started a career, you've put everything else on the back burner that's about you. And this is the pivotal time for the women that are consciously awaking and wanting to go beyond alcohol. They have put their desires and their dreams on the back burner for long enough and they regret not doing it but they also think you also think that it's not possible and the reason that you think that is because alcohol keeps telling you it's not right and keeps lowering your confidence and every time you gain a little bit of headway 
something happens with alcohol to give you a step back, right? Whether it's showing up at work with the Monday blues and having the Sunday scaries, or it's um, like, I remember one time there was a studio I had applied at. I had reached out to the owner. I wanted to teach there. And this was even before Emmett. And I had canceled the first interview. I was going to go to this woman's house, have an interview where I actually have to perform as a yoga instructor, meet her personally. The first time it was both times I was definitely hungover, but I had made an excuse. And I typically like this was not really my MO, but I had made an excuse that there was a snowstorm. And then like the second time I had every cancel and then she just was like, no, because of course, like you need someone that's responsible to show up. And there was stuff like that. You're even like showing up to teach a yoga class and feeling hungover and feeling so out of alignment with my values. And that happened to me all the time. I used to go to this one yoga studio. There was like, a, this yoga studio was on one corner and then the dive bar that I would go to, this was back in my heyday before Matthew even. Um, so it was like, you know, however long ago, 12 years ago or something. Um, gosh, it seems so long ago. Oh my God. No, it had to be maybe like 10 years. Well, no. Oh my gosh. I have a birthday coming up, you guys. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. And and then like I would go to yoga, go and change, or sometimes not even, and then like go to the dive bar and smoke and hide out and pr- hope that the instructor didn't see me walking by. And It was like, for what? Literally for what? Those relationships that I made at that place, no. Did they go anywhere? It was shitty food. It it was a whole mess. It was a whole mess. And I was lying to myself, right? And, you know, had I known... Had I known that this deep wellspring inside of me that was just waiting to come out, and it was so much about confidence, right? It was so much about sharing and vulnerability until I put myself in the opportunity to share my truth about what was going on with me in a space that was free of judgment until I took that step to say, to rip the Band-Aid off and saying, I need something different. And I've told the story about going on this goddess retreat where I met my mentor, my spiritual mentor, and then everything changed. It was like I could see myself, you know, in relationship to other women. And it wasn't about alcohol, but it was about knowing that we have these unmet needs as women that we're putting on the back burner. And then the only time that it like comes out is when we're drinking a few glasses of wine and then you're able to express yourself. But there are very safe containers like the one I create that are safe and sacred and created for this opportunity for you to express yourself. And then so everything that's been lying dormant and shoved down and stuffed down starts to come out. And, you know, different than therapy, it's like we're taking it, we're putting it right on the table and we're going to examine it and ask why that's, first, we're going to give you a bunch of compassion and validation, right? And say, of course you feel this way. Of course you feel this way. Let's let's presence that. Let's really honor that, right? And that is 
that is the first step of without the awareness, there is no getting to that second step that is this true? That third step, how does this feel, right? And so we're going to get into that in these subsequent episodes. But without the first step of awareness, where you, and this is how Michael Singer puts it, you have to become the subject and you have to let your thoughts become the object. So we examine, we explore your mind and the thoughts that have been hidden or running the show. And they've been running the show very efficiently. Like that's why our brain is amazing, right? It's your habitual mind. Our mind habituates so easy. It doesn't like pain, which it thinks thinking new thoughts in general and changing, quitting drinking, drinking less. It thinks it's going to cause it pain only because it's something new, right? So it has to do some more work. And that's why when you actually have a process and a strategy that takes you step by step through it, it's there's it has that that accountability locked in. So, you know, when you've decided to quit on yourself because you can't control your thinking. And you might be thinking that right now, like I can't control my thinking. My mind takes over. I'm completely in spirals all the time. Like I can't think, think straight, right? Like um, Jill that was on the show, that was her, that was her thing. She was just constantly in this mind spiral of just, I'm doing it wrong. What am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be doing it next. Like never giving herself permission to rest. And like alcohol was the only thing that could quiet it. And if you go listen to Jill, her first thing, I'll never forget her saying this because I was like, hell yeah. She said, I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a thinking and feeling problem. And that's what it boils down to. And I was like, I love that so much. And that is all of it. And like in, you know, last week when I talked about that problem spectrum, it's like the problem spectrum is the problem of how much you believe your thoughts. That's the problem, right? That is the problem. And if you if you allow yourself to change, if you believe and you want to no longer want it, you can do that. And I am living proof and all of my guests and my clients are living proof. So if you are married to your mind and when it's inside, like when it's like digging around inside of an like a bag in the dark, right? It's like you go in there to find something and instead of just dumping everything out that takes you two seconds to see what's in there, you just continue to like close your eyes and search around for your car keys and it takes you forever to find them, right? But you can expedite that result by dumping it all out, sifting through it and seeing what the garbage that's not serving you, even if it is true, like, why do you want to focus on it? Right. And we're not bypassing it. We're just deciding like, there's more important things for my mind to focus on and the stuff that you want to keep, like all of the amazing ways that you are able to show up for yourself, all of the, the planning, the preparation that you do, the big, the way you can see the big picture, the, the way that you get like, you know, a million tasks done in a day, even if right now your brain tells you I didn't do enough, right? Like I guarantee when we go to look at it and write it down, you've done so much. So instead of digging around in the dark, we're going to dump it out and look at it and sift through it. And and, and you'll have help with someone saying like, 
let's keep this. Let's go here. And then like, you're not, you might not even notice that you got like a hundred bucks and it's crumpled up into a little ball. Right. But I might, but, but I might find that for you. (laughs) You're gonna be like, sweet. So that is the first shift moving from avoidance to awareness. Let's dump out the bag that is your mind and look at it in the light because I know you can do this. And the very next step for you is to book a call right now so together that I can help you bring awareness into the areas of your mind that are subconsciously running the show. It's a one-on-one session with just you and me, and we will clear them up and get you moving along so that you can actually know and start to see the difference between fiction and fact. And the more you know that for yourself, then you can start to discern it in the outer world. Because there's a lot of fiction out there being sold as fact. And I want you to have the most amazing life where you can just like laugh it off and move on. And we're going to need that. We're going to need that skill for our survival more than anything, right? And the impact that it has on generations to come. And even think about in 10 years from now, right? The impact that having that discernment of the mind is going to have and all the ways the alcohol doesn't help you to discern the mind. Like Laura said in her letter, I had lousy taste in men. I spent more than I needed to. I didn't take my medication when I needed to. Like alcohol has terrible discernment, right? So, but you don't because you've created, you know, you've created and done so many amazing things in your life. You've made a lot of awesome decisions in your life based on intuition, based on your intention. So let's keep that ball rolling. All we have to do is just clear up a little bit of clutter and the change happens very quickly, especially when you come and talk to me because we have so much fun and we'll get you on your way. No problem. That's how it goes. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Stay tuned for shifts two, three, four, and five. Okay. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Okay, ladies, so the fun does not have to end here. This is actually where it begins. It is time for you to take the next best step to start applying these tools and these principles into your life. And I have made it extremely seamless and super easy for you to get the support that you need in a one-on-one personalized setting so that I can really see specifically where you're at and that together we can create a personalized three-step strategy process that's in alignment with your intentions, your values, your lifestyle, and it gives you that one-on-one FaceTime and space that you need to transform, to be seen, to be heard, and to be validated. So all you have to do is follow the link in the show notes or go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to pick your best time and date for your free one-on-one alignment session with me. I cannot wait to meet you and I'll see you soon.